Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. This is the first episode I've recorded in about a month, I think. Um, I hit it quite hard. Uh, throughout sort of October and, and banked loads of episodes um, so that, that take me through into the new year. Um, and I'm recording this one on the 19th of December. Um, and I was a bit nervous. I was a bit rusty. I hadn't had the, the chat for a while. Um, and my guest today is, is Denise Pearson. Um, you will know Denise uh, as, as the, 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 the front person of Five Star. Uh, and honestly... We had such a laugh doing this episode. She's wonderful, um, absolutely wonderful, and uh, and I can't wait for you to to hear this tra- this uh, this episode. It made it so easy, kind of getting back on the the off the beaten track saddle uh, to record this one, uh, having such a, a friendly and, uh, and and fun guest. Um, we talk about you know the, the the early days growing up just up the road from me in Romford in Essex, and what it was like, you know, being fifteen and signing a record deal. When you find out who her first kiss was, it will blow your mind. Um, it's it's crazy. We have some real fun chats about Top of the Pops and, 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 and just what it was like. I mean, you know, let's not overlook just how big that band were. And uh, and the, the it was hit after hit after hit. And, you know, they were our Jacksons for, you know, a big period of time in the 80s. And, uh, and we talk about it all. And uh, and it's a lovely chat, so uh, I look forward to uh, to hearing what you lot think of it. Um, if it's your first time listening uh, to Off the Beaten Track, then when you finish listening to today's episode uh, with Denise, why not go and explore the back catalogue? Um, in there, you can hear me talking to um, her sister, Doris. Doris um, uh, from Five Star as well. I spoke to Doris maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Um, and uh, and spoke about her kind of experiences of, of of growing up in five star and and also you know i've had artists on like oh blimey i've not actually done this bit for for a while i've got a bit of paper in front of me that's got some names on who i've had on i have had gary kemp of spandau ballet jack savaretti um dave kenning of the killers charlene spateri um who else have i had on here david gray um oh god um blimey Oh, there's loads here. Rue Reynolds from uh, Raoul Reynolds, I should say, even Event of Shikari. I mean, there's over 500 episodes. Uh, Sam Ryder, uh, go and explore that back catalogue because uh, they're all there to be listened to for free. So go and enjoy them. If you love the 80s, I have had 
Oh, God. Um, I've had Robin Campbell of UB40. I have had uh, multiple members of Madness. Um, gosh, the, the, the list goes on. Go and explore that back catalogue. Why not subscribe when you're over there? Let us know what you uh, what episodes you like and uh, and who you'd like me to, to, to listen to. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast, then you can do it this way. Let me tell you. We have a Patreon and uh, and what we do over there is I put up all the videos. So if you'd like to watch this episode, um, head over to Patreon. It costs you a dollar a month. So I think it works out about 85p a month or 70, no, 75p a month, I think. Um, and for that, you get um, all of the, the video episodes. Um, you get access to hundreds of unreleased episodes, um, hundreds of radio shows that I've done. Um, and you also get to come to the monthly live show, which is one of the best things um, about my month. Uh, and that's not a lie. It is so much fun. There's a, a lovely little gang of us, and we all jump on Zoom, and we pick a little subject, and we all talk about music. Not in a, a snooty, you know, high-fidelity, elitist way, uh, because we talk about embarrassing records, and it's just about you leave your coolness at the door and you just you all join in and we have a lovely little chat and we release them you can go and listen to some of them um so it's your opportunity to to, to be a guest on off the beat and track as well um and so you can find out about that at off the beat and track podcast.com everything else is over there as well links to the socials links to everything else you need to know it's just a very simple one-stop shop at the website so go check that out right i think that's enough waffles me i've not done an intro for months either i forgot how they went um, oh, some thank yous quickly. Uh, big thanks to Scroobius Pip, the Distraction Pieces Network, the team at Blue Murder Club that produced this podcast, and most importantly, you lot for being bloody lovely. Uh, and as we go into another year, uh, you're still with me. You're still listening. And uh, for 500 episodes, uh, I'm sorry I have to make you go through all this, but um, I do appreciate you listening. And uh, and I promise to keep this, uh, this content coming your way. Uh, massive love to you all. But right now, Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track podcast with the delightful Denise Pearson. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we are recording. Denise, how are you today? I'm great, thank you, sweetie. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I mean, for those that can't see, you are in what looks like a kind of winter wonderland. Is that the front room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the front room. <laughs> it's like Never. that all year round. <laughs> Never let it be said, Denise, don't do Christmas properly. That's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, look, we always start the podcast the same way, and uh, and we ask guests to tell us the song that they regard as having the greatest ever intro. What are you going to go yes. for? Hotel California, big nice. time. Nice. <laughs> so... I mean that's an that's an incredible uh, intro, and and I'm gonna kind of sort of throw it back to to you a little bit as well, Denise, and yeah. and how important? I mean, if we look at the way that that people consume their music now, the the, the way that yeah. people get music now, so much of it is focused around getting on the right playlists on Spotify and things like that, and even things like TikTok is so important now in in in, in getting music out there and things like that. Um, and and so what what we're seeing is is the bands and, and and musicians are kind of almost making their music all about that intro just to kind of make sure that in in a very saturated market 
just them first like five, ten seconds pull you in and, mm-hmm. and, and keep you there. So I, I want to ask you, you know, how have you sort of found those, those, those changes over the, the duration of your career? Because, you know, the band has so many iconic songs, so many iconic intros, and, mm-hmm. and I just wonder how you approach your music now and, and are the, the, the ways that, you know, because if we go back to the early days of, of, of Five Star, it would have been people buying vinyl and then people also buying CDs and cassettes. And, and now, you know, in, in a world where, you know, I guess streaming services like Spotify and that are, are, are sort of paramount, like how, how have you kind of found the changes and does has any of them changes affected the way that you make music? Right. Yeah, I've gone right away around the as he said, Denise, to try and get one question out there. I, I hope you know where I'm going with it. I know, I know where you're going, sweetie. I think if we consciously um, uh, allow it to affect uh, the way that we write, then you know, writing becomes um, you know a, a mechanical thing. You know, music is from the heart, it's from the soul. At the end of the day, no matter what platform is out there or, or what kind of format the world turns into, we're all human at the end of the day, you yeah. know? And and when you've got that intro that kind of touches your heart heartstring, then then you know you're on onto a winner. So um, let's not write music for, you know, oh, is it going to or is it going to? Just go with the natural flow. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to take you back for track two, and I'm going to ask you to tell me the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please, Denise. <laughs> I remember, I think I must have been about six or seven, and I was playing underneath the kitchen table. I remember, and the radio was on, and I heard, I can't live without you. And it was a, a guy singing it. And it was like, I looked straight over to the radio and I thought, oh my God, what is that song that is playing on the radio right now? Because it was just like I said, it was pulling at my heartstrings. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that I remember, I, I, I distinctly remember being under the kitchen table, looking at the radio and hearing that song. It was beautiful. Hey, it's a very, very emotional record. Um, so so let's talk about those early days because... Um, you you don't sound quite as Essex as me, uh, but uh, but I, I, I believe we grew up just up the road from each other. I'm not far from uh, from Romford. Um, okay. So so tell us about those early days. You mentioned that the radio was on at home. I mean, you know, there, there was there was a few of you in that house. And tell me yeah. about you know how, you know music that was going on. Was there instruments in the house? Was there a big record collection? You know, were, were you, you know, was the family always playing music or was the radio always on? Give me a little kind of picture of, of what it was like in those early years before the band started sort of formulating. In the early years, everybody used to get together to watch um, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movies, Elvis movies, um, the Jackson cartoons. Yeah. And at the time, Daddy was um, distributing records, so we had loads of vinyls in the sitting room and to pick from. So I was picking Crystal Gale, uh, Randy Crawford, Smokey Robinson, the Commodores, uh, the Jacksons, um, the the uh, Dinah Ross and the Supremes, and a whole array of, of music to pick from. And then Daddy was writing his songs, also coming from studio, um, putting his songs on the reel to reel and waking us up out of bed <laughs> at the early um, hours of the morning and putting these songs on and we're all smiling and, and just happy 
listening to daddy's music. So, yeah, there was a whole, it, it was a musical household. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Was you aware that that that, that, that kind of environment of, of being surrounded by, you know, your, your siblings and, and your dad who was a, you know, a, a creative powerhouse of, 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 you know, of songwriting and, you know, being sort of told, right, coming out of bed, you got to go and put a vocal down on this. Surely there weren't that many other kids around Romford that, that were having that at home. Did you realise that what you had was quite special? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we used to play in assembly. Me and Del used to play guitar in assembly. So the music from Daddy, um, it, it, you know, it, it was a musical household. So we were playing instruments. There was a keyboard at home also, that um, a Bon Tempe keyboard i remember <laughs> and a couple of guitars so um yeah uh, uh, your questions just slipped my mind sweetie come again yeah no i was just interested that if you thought that yeah you, that, that the way that you was you know your household was wasn't probably yeah. the same as a lot of your friends houses <laughs> you know in regards to you know how, how, how it was so musical and yeah and yes sweetheart it was it was the norm for us you know, it's five teenagers growing up in that in a house full of full of music and always, you know, watching the Fred Astaire's and the Elvis movies and everything. It was it, it was our norm. Yeah. When did you realise you could sing? <laughs> Doris said when I went to Jamaica, when we all went to Jamaica, I was five. She said you always used to go around to the neighbours' um, doors and and knock on the doors and you used to sing for them. And I said no. <laughs> she said yeah. So, um, and then I remember I was on the swing in the garden, kind of like singing and kind of ad-libbing my kind of lyrics and where I would kind of like take the song, and like in the six weeks holidays. And so um, I think it was problematic. The first single that we went into studio, Daddy gave me the solo. And I thought, okay, so Daddy gave me the <laughs> solo, so I must be the best singer. <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> no. So, it, you know, it kind of carried on from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, knocking on strangers' doors, you know, and, and singing to them. Um, yeah. T tell me tell me about, you know, your relationship with, with, with confidence. Was was you a, a confident young woman? Um, I, I, I kind of was until you know you go to school and then yeah you're you have all these boys liking you at school and then um i i was one who got spots so that made me very um yeah you know when you feel when you see someone else when your spots are all gone and then you see someone else with spots it's like oh poor thing so um i i was all i'm always i've always been one to kind of like have sympathy and empathy and help people and if I saw a boy who was being bullied, I would always be the one to jump in and say, hey, stop that. So um, that's what kind of person um, I was. Um, uh, confidence. My confidence came out when um, we, we started to do TVs because we went back to Robert Clack. Um, and my, uh, I think it was my, um, oh, what was it called? Uh, the typing teacher. We used to have typing classes. And she said, oh, my God, Denise, you were such an introvert introvert at school and you're so extroverted on tv <laughs> <laughs> so i can, i think the tv and the, the music kind of helped me gain more gain more confidence yeah okay well let's let's talk school tell me about the song that reminds you of your time at school 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I think uh, Pink Floyd, uh, another brick in the wall. Uh, we don't need the <laughs> Education. There's the Essex yeah. accent. There it is. There it is. You know, I tried so hard not to speak because um, at school because I didn't really like the Essex accent. Yeah. So I I started to separate my words like I don't like to because it's very oh, I don't like to and it's it's all you know <laughs> musically I'm hearing it it's all going into one and it doesn't sound right. To yeah. Me. <laughs> I love the Queen's English, so I like to um. You know, and I think I've incorporated a lot of um, uh, the American L.A. accent into the way that I speak because I, I lived out there for 13 years, had my two children over there, Cedar Sinai, where uh, uh, Michael Jackson's um, son was born. So, yeah, we, we spent 13 years out there. So so my accent is kind of like got a little bit of Rumpford and it's good. L.A. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite some hybrid language. Um <laughs> So um, it's really weird that you mentioned that Pink Floyd song um, because when I think of like my earliest memories of school and my earliest memories growing up, yeah. that song and the video used yeah. to terrify me. I don't know if you remember in the video, it's like they were putting kids in like a mince mincing machine, <laughs> and like and there was this like really terrifying sort of animated teacher. And I remember just and also hearing them lyrics of like teacher leave those kids alone and. And I remember just thinking, God, this is really kind of quite terrifying for a, a, a young kid to hear that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 that's true. I remember, yeah, it was kind of like like worms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, true. So we're in school singing that, we don't need no education. Uh, but when we see the video, yeah, you're, you're right. It was quite terrifying putting kids in minces. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, um, did you enjoy school, Denise? Um, I was an A student, especially in art. Um, math wasn't too good. Um, 
Art and what else did I? English, I loved English. Uh, geography, biology, I loved. Um, until I started getting spots, it's like I did. I just didn't want to be in school because I I was teased. Um, <laughs> so, but then again, to look on the bright side, I started to do my make makeup when I was at school. So it taught me how to do my makeup for the group. So everything has. I think there's a reason for everything, you know. Yeah. But I, um. I think 95% I did um, of the time I, I, I liked school. Was there ever any kind of other option when you was, you know, getting to the point where you was going to leave school that you might have a career that wasn't music? Yeah. Or was, was, was it always focused on that? It, it was always music for me because, um, you know, I had my guitar lessons, the four chords that I learned in my guitar <laughs> class. I wrote about 58 songs every time I went home, took my uniform off, got into my um, relaxing clothes and got my guitar and started writing songs, kissing Smokey Robinson's album. Uh, so I was definitely, I definitely knew I would, would have been, was going to be in music. And, um, but if I didn't go that route, I would have gone, I would have uh, done nursing, I think, because mummy was a nurse. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> tell, tell me about those kind of early days of, uh, uh, of kind of, Making records up because I, I'm not 100% sure how it sort of went from you leaving school to, for from my point of view as a as, as 50 year old guy, all of a sudden we was hearing about this this band that come from where we come from that were on top of the pops. It was like whoa, this is crazy! And like so 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 tell us about that kind of period between sort of leaving school and yeah. and the, and the band sort of. Tell me about the early the early days of the band in that yeah. period, uh, through to like kind of signing that deal, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're legit pop stars on the telly, you know, because it, yeah, yeah. you know, as as kids, when you see someone on top of the pops, that's it, they've made it, you know. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, they came to a point where we were like, Dad, do we have to do top of the box again? You know. Um, <laughs> but at the time, before the group started, um, Daddy was going to sign this other group, so it was the three. Um, three women um, that he was going to sign. And so the demo that they were going to sing, me and Lorraine and Doris got together and sang that song. And at the time I was like, Dad, you best sign me, otherwise I'm going to go to record company and, and get signed myself, you know, with my little guitar. And I was still in school. So um, me, Lorraine and Doris got together, uh, learned this song, sang it for Dad. Then he said, you know what, to Mommy, I'm going to put the three girls in a group. And she says, well, why don't you put all five of them in a group? Because they're all, you know, leaving school at the same time. Myself and Delroy were still in school. So um, so Dad put us all together. And then we learned uh, Problematic, our first single, Problematic. I arranged all the harmonies because I used to, you know, listen, be the one listening to the, you know, Smokey Robinsons and the, <laughs> and, um, the Crystal Gales and Randy Crawford. Um, and then we went in studio and recorded and um, did a couple of clubs and then um, recorded a couple more songs. I think it was Crazy and uh, uh, Maybe All Fall Down, yeah. I think. And then um, we went on, uh, what is it called, uh, Pebble Mill at One. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because another group pulled out. So they called Dad. We went in performed uh, Problematic and a couple of the other songs, came off. Daddy said, you guys got some news. 
RCA want to sign you. <laughs> and that was it. It went from there. How old was you then? Um, I was 15, just still in school. I was just about to go to sixth form. That's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> like, what? Whoa, 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 what? They want to sign us. I mean, like, Dad? <laughs> I mean, we, 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 I mean, Peppa Mill at One was, uh, uh, for, for those that don't uh, recall that, it was like kind of like a mid-afternoon show on BBC One and they'd always have a music act on there and uh, and it, it would get, you know, serious serious views. So, you know, to, to kind of make your debut on, on, you know, on BBC, that's, you know, that's a good way to start your TV career. Um, absolutely, sweetie. It's meant to be. Absolutely. I'm, I'm fascinated by, by Top of the Pops because of, you know, people of, of, of our generation, generations before and generations that have come since, you know, Top of the Pops was the show. You know, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have Instagram. We couldn't see what our pop stars were having for dinner. You know, it was like you could only see them once a week on Top of the Pops. And, you know, that was the show. So please tell me about the first time you went on Top of the Pops and how much that meant to you. And did it, you know, from being, you know, one of the kids that would sit at home and watch that, how did it compare to going on there? Did it, it, did it, did it hit all of those expectations? Because I've spoke to lots of people that have done it and they've gone, it's quite small when you get there. You just presume <laughs> it's going to be this really big thing, but the studios are quite small. So I'm always interested as to like what people's experiences of it were and did it live up to your expectations? Mm-hmm. Me personally, I uh, oh yeah, we were, used to watch the pants people on top of the pops. <laughs> yeah. Um, when the acts couldn't turn out, the pants people would go yeah. on. Um, I, I I don't think I was thinking about it like that. I think uh, when we when we heard when I heard, um, uh, let me be the one and awful down on the radio. And t- um, Tony Blackburn was spinning it all the time, saying these guys are going to be really huge. Look out for them, five star. Um, I thought, oh my god, we're really going to be famous, and we're going to buy lots of chocolate and go and meet Michael Jackson. <laughs> Was that the goal? <laughs> Chocolate and meet Michael Jackson. <laughs> he did. Doris went and met Michael, and, and then our, on our first tour, we were sponsored by Cadbury's. <laughs> Buck stick. <laughs> that was amazing. We manifested it. But going on to Top of the Pop, I met Holly Johnson, I think, a couple months ago, and he said, I wanted to tell you guys the story. Well, we were over on one stage, and when you guys walked in, it was like, wow it was like five of you just came walking straight across the stage and took your place and your sequins and everything it was phenomenal just to see this is what the story he was telling me and i thought wow that's really amazing to know thank you and that's holly so, johnson um, <laughs> you know? yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. and then, um we used to always it was early early morning we always used to go in um uh, mommy used to pack up the the food, the rice and peas and chicken and the, the bread pudding. And we used to be there all day just to do this one recording. So they'd take call us out to take our positions on stage. They'd do the mock um, setup. And then we had to hold our costumes. And then we had to go and get into our costumes and do a rehearsal. And then we had to go back into our dressing room. And then we would come out for the performance when the, when the audience came in. So it was a long, drawn-out process but um, it it was amazing. It really was amazing. We were just running around the, our dressing room with the lights switched off, to, um, trying to find each other. 
and there weren't any windows in in, in the building in in the dressing room so we were just kids you know was just fresh still in school teenagers yeah. just having fun and, and doing work could you remember like you know what w- was there w- was used kind of was there an element of you know being so young of of, of like imposter syndrome because surely you must have been seeing all the biggest stars that you know on top of the pops and we, you know did you have that kind of pinch me moment of like wow we we're, we're here as well like you know and and, and I think and you know when I say imposter syndrome I mean that with the greatest of of, of respect because I do think it's a you know a, a, a totally normal thing for most people to feel and you know when you see like people that you've looked up to and that and then all of a sudden you're side by side on the same show doing your thing you know did you ever have that like wow this is crazy like you say i mean i I know you're sponsored by cadbury's which even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Must have been a moment, but meeting Michael Jackson, I mean, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doris went to um, Sweden or Switzerland with Daddy to go and meet him. And it was incredible for her uh, because I wasn't really a Michael Jackson fan. I always loved Smokey. So I went to yeah. Vegas later on uh, to meet him. But... You met Smokey? Yeah, yeah. Oh, hang Vegas. on. Right. We've got to park up the rest of this now. Let's talk about that. <laughs> tell, tell me about meeting Smokey Robinson. Oh, my God. It was incredible. I can see it now. I'm right there in Vegas standing in front of him. And my friend Kerry, because I never used to speak a lot, um, much, um, so we're just standing there. Come on, Denise, you're going to have to meet him now. And so, all right, all right, Gary. And then she says, um, um, hi, Smokey. I'd like to um, introduce you to my friend Denise. She's from Five Star. And she was just introducing me. And I'm like, okay, uh, this, is, this is really wonderful. And, and he says, oh, hi, Denise. And I said, hi, Smokey, how are you? And <laughs> I was in my boosty air top, so I kind of like looked like a, um, you know, I, I, but I was dressed up. I, I wasn't flirtatious or anything because I know he's married. Um, <laughs> but sometimes they just look at you like, um, you know, she's probably, you know, she's a young girl and she's probably, you know, trying to uh, <laughs> get on my good side. Yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't. I was like in awe of his, his green eyes and I was just <laughs> like that, just just in awe of him. Absolutely. But, um I think, sweetie, the way that you look at it um, to say, oh, we're, we're up there with, with stars, um, I didn't really see it that way. It, it, okay. it, was, it was second nature to us because we, we grew up in the musical household and then we learned the routines and then um, uh, it, we developed into the, the sequins. You know, we're always coordinated in our outfits, but the sequins were what we developed into. You know, we didn't start out um, in them. So... Um, I think it was just working with my brothers and sisters. Daddy was there, felt secure. Um, we learned, we were focused. We did our, our thing, what we're supposed to do, go on stage, you know, be careful what you say, just just do your thing, and then we'll go home. You know, it was, it was very, very one, two, three, and very 
um, straightforward. I asked you about confidence earlier, and uh, and and I'm going to ask you now because you know we're sitting here in in in, in you know at the end of 2023, uh, yeah. and you know there's you know you've been prolific with your your musical art uh, outpouring, and I guess I want to ask you about drive and and how driven you are, and and was that something that that was instilled in you from a young age, and because to have the level of success that you've had for the amount of time that you've had success is very rare in, in the music industry, in any creative industry. Uh, and you know, and you've sustained that. So tell me about your relationship with drive. Uh, Drive is very, very important and focus, you know, um, you have to stay continuously on your mark, you know, otherwise there's, there's so many other people who want to be on your mark. Sure. No, own authenticity to um the same space if you're not um going 100 full on you know so in, it it applies to every job and and every position in life you know you have to when you got your your passion you have to you know go for it and really share that passion with the world because it is authentic what five star had um was authentic what i have is authentic you know um what my my father brought to the table um his years in the business working on the midnight hour tour working with desmond decker and um a lot of the the 60s greats he brought his legacy to our table that's enabled me to be sitting here 40 years um onwards to be talking to you and and you know having all of these interviews and having all of this uh solo success fantastic Fantastic. Okay, I'm going to ask you for track four to tell me the first song you remember buying from a record shop. Oh, <laughs> John Farnham, The Voice. Oh, my God. Can I tell you something about John Farnham that not many people know? Yeah, yeah. Right, because that song, You're The Voice, that, that's regarded as the unofficial Australian national anthem, right? Because he, <laughs> oh, yeah. he he's an absolute legend in Australia, and that's where he's kind of you know spent the duration of his career and his time. Uh-huh. Do you know where John Farnham's from? Farnham, <laughs> maybe. Canvey Island, Island in Essex. <laughs> no, he's not. He's an Essex boy. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god! That's probably why I'm feeling his vibe. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I mean, what a record that is. I mean, if you ever find yourself um, surfing around YouTube looking for something to watch, yeah, Coldplay about ten years ago were playing in Australia, uh, and they yeah. bought out John Farnham, and and he done "You're the Voice" with Coldplay, and it is absolutely just goosebumps it's fantastic his voice uh, is still insanely good uh, <laughs> oh, i gotta see that oh my god yes listen to that voice though and the production on that record it's is huge. phenomenal mm. yeah right so where Beautiful. where was record shopping would it be going down to to the high street in romford or, or was it just the fact that because your dad was in the industry you was getting this stuff for free yeah yeah um uh, we didn't have to go record shopping Daddy um, had the vinyls because he was distributing records at the time, you know, so he had all the latest on vinyl, boxes and boxes of them. And yeah, uh, we didn't have to go. I bought The Voice when we were in Los Angeles. Yeah. 
you're on a voice, yeah. So, uh, no, we didn't have to go out to the stores. It, it was all um, in-house. Oh, imagine that. Your dad brings home free records every week. What a dad! <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. I love it. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay, next track. Um, yeah. I think for the next track, I'm going to ask you about clubbing. And, uh, yeah. and tell me about the song that soundtracked that. Clubbing. Um, I found loving, baby. Oh, That's so a good. Tune. Yeah, yeah. You can play that morning, noon, and the night. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, into the new year. <laughs> that 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 um that song kicks butt, you know. Isn't it beautiful song? Isn't it strange that 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 some songs just find themselves woven into the fabric of life? Like, you know, you uh, I, I go to like if I'm at parties and I'm with my daughters and they're they're, they're like eighteen and twenty, and if yeah. Fatback Band comes on. Or if yeah. Rufus and Shaka Khan come on, or if Never yeah. Too Much comes on, they've got no place knowing them songs. Them songs are like fifty or forty years old. But the minute <laughs> they start, they know every single word to them songs because them they're just absolute stone cold club classics, aren't they? Yes, sweetheart. The the music that music of the eighties, nineties was a music of love. You know, you, you before the band even starts singing. The music comes on, right? Yeah. You know which tune it is. Yeah. Because the the music had its melody, the lyrics had its melody, and 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 it was just of love. I found love in baby, you if, know, and and that's why the kids um are stuck to glue. It sticks to the kids today because it's it's of of love. Absolutely, and that intro, that big squelchy synth that kind of goes as it starts. It's ah oh, fantastic. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Drops right into that beat. Woo! <laughs> Man. So where, where was clubbing for you? Um, Browns. Browns oh, nice. So was that when the band was happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to sneak out with Stead. Stead always used to come with me. And I think Del was there too. I met uh, Matt, Goss and Luke, actually, the second time I went. But my main purpose for going there was to meet Mike, uh, Michael, George Michael. Did, did that happen? Of course. <laughs> Twice. And he bought me an orange juice. What are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> orange, please. <laughs> I, mean, I wanted to marry him. I really did. And then my cousin says, no, no, no. You, that, that won't happen, girl. That won't happen. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, there's every woman that listens to this podcast now is going, seriously, you went clubbing, you hung out with Matt Goss, Luke Goss and George Michael. I mean, there wasn't any more handsome people than them in, the, in that period, was there? <laughs> no. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> oh, unreal. I met um, Matthew, actually. They said us, we went to see The Naked Gun um, at the same time. And, and I guess they sit the celebrities in a certain spot together. So they set us both together. And I'm like, is this Matt Gotham Bros? <laughs> he over at me and I thought, oh, God, he's still by painting <laughs> And then we ended up going to, um, on our first date, actually, um, outside Buckingham Palace. His limo turned up, my limo turned up. 
um, both with bodyguards, and then I jumped out of mine into his. We went driving around, and he was my first kiss at the back of his limo. Baby, the boy could kiss. Woo! Hang on, rewind this. Matt Goss was your first kiss. My very, very first kiss. Oh, my, my God. <laughs> Where'd you go from there? <laughs> I, I mean, know, that, that's a good starting point, isn't it, Matt Goss? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Blue eyes, baby. Woo! <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. All right, well, look, I'm going to take you home for this uh, this question. Uh, Denise, tell me yeah. the f- uh, a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Okay, um, Depeche Mode. We met them. Uh, what's, what's it called? Um, Jesus. Personal Jesus. Yeah, Personal Jesus. That's the one. <laughs> Great production on that. Huge production. Guys, yeah. Guys were guys. I, I, we met them in Italy, so we walked into the room. I think it was like a stone green room. The walls were stone. There was nothing green about it. And um, they were just sitting there chilling like kind of like goths you know like so cool and uh when i walked in it was like um dad <laughs> where are you daddy <laughs> I, I was a 19 year old virgin walking into the room seeing depeche mode all gorgeous and all of them just kind of like about the room it's like oh my god <laughs> oh fantastic fantastic well depeche mode um, well, uh, I mean, they're, they're a, a, a huge love of mine, that band. And uh, I, I, I still run a, a nightclub in Essex, uh, Denise. Oh, wow. And uh, and they, back in the day, they were the, the resident band. And uh, and oh, so they, they, they sort of grew up and had their formative years and all their first gigs uh, playing playing at my venue in Essex. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm still hoping that one day we'll get them back to do a little secret show, but uh, they're still oh selling God. out the bloody Pasadena Bowl on the O2. They're, uh, of I, I, they are. I don't think they're struggling <laughs> with a mortgage, Denise. <laughs> Great band. Whoa, with that catalogue. Oh, yeah, of course they're going to be there. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, uh, a last question for you. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you, um, Denise, to tell me... Uh, a song that you think many people may not know that you would mm. like them to hear, please. Um, that song would be um, Soul Responding. I think that's what it's called on the Smokey Robinson album, That one of the albums that I found in the batch that Dad brought home. And I just love Smokey's vocals, uh, how he kind of like... And I get my soul response, soul respond. Oh, don't you try to tell me I'm on patriotic, patriotic love and explanation. Oh, I can't help but wonder, can help but wonder. It's just my soul, how those vocals overlap. Sorry, Denise, if, if I, I, at that moment right there, I was having a conversation with the 14-year-old me going, Denise from Five Star singing for me. This is insane. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. When you, um, I think he moulded, uh, he taught me a lot, I think, yeah, when it comes to vocals, Smokey, oh, big time, just, just yeah. unbelievable. And you know, from yeah. and, and as, as as a songwriter as well, you know, you listen to those those early sort of Motown pop songs like Tears of a Clown or, 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 or Tracks of My Tears. You know, yeah. through to like just the beauty of like you know Be Me You and stuff like that. It's just yes. 
absolute. And, and I don't think <clears throat> when people talk about Lennon McCartney and you know and, and Simon and Garfunkel and all of the and, and Brian Wilson, all these iconic songwriters. And, yeah. and I, feel, I still feel that people still kind of, you know, will go Marvin Gaye, Sam Cooke. And I think that the he, the he, Smokey just doesn't get as much recognition as he deserves. I think he's up there neck and neck with your Lennon and McCartney's in your Frankie Valleys as a songwriter. I think he's an absolute genius. Big time, Big time sweetie. I think he's more at the forefront as an artist. I don't yeah. think they um <clears throat> Not unless you watch a Motown um, documentary, you'll know that Smokey wrote, you know, Tears of a Clown and, and all of these Motown greats, you know? Um, because I didn't know until I I, um, I, I watched yeah. one of those documentaries. But Smokey, yeah, yeah, he's first and foremost an artist. Uh, but, yeah, as you said, um, it would be nice if he, he said it more in his interviews. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. But, but the man is making money. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not struggling with a mortgage. Um, <clears throat> um, okay, well, look, we've been speaking about so many other people's music. Let's talk about yours. What's happening? What's happening right now? Santa Claus is coming is out for, for Christmas. Our first, my very first Christmas song Fantastic. in 40 years. This is the last... Um, uh, month December is the last month of the forty uh, four, five star fortieth anniversary. So, what better time to put out a Christmas song? Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And, and then in the new year, sweetheart, um, I have Free Queen C. My album Free Queen C is coming in June, hopefully on my birthday, thirteenth. And just before that, I have a um, a single that's coming out. Fantastic. Brand new and can people yeah. see you live next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, lot of lots of festivals. Uh, so check online, five star official or Denise Pearson official. Fantastic. And social media, if people can can they keep up to speed with you on there as well? Yeah, yeah. D- uh, Miss Denise Pearson. Just look at Twitter, Miss Denise Pearson, Instagram, Facebook. I'm Fantastic. There. Well, if it's all right with you, Denise, we'll tag you uh, in the post when this episode comes out. So if they're not following you already, then the listeners of this podcast can go and uh, keep up to speed with everything that you're doing. Um, Fabulous. Denise, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast as well with all of your song choices. And obviously, we'll put your music on there as well. Um, yeah. It's been such a delight talking to you, mate. Thank <laughs> you so much for uh, for giving up your time today. It's been absolutely lovely. My pleasure, sweetheart. And, and have a merry, merry Christmas. And hopefully, we'll speak in the new year, yeah? Absolutely. I'm going to press stop. Bye. Don't go anywhere. Beautiful. Oh. You having that? Romford's finest, mate, right there. Oh, it was lovely. I love, we was chatting afterwards and she says, you know, she doesn't live in Essex anymore, but every now and again, that, that Essex twang just comes through. <laughs> oh, she was so much fun. And uh, yeah, there was a, a 14-year-old me absolutely throwing cartwheels around this, uh, this little shed that I record the podcast in, thinking, there you go. That is Denise Pearson singing Smokey Robinson just for me uh it was an absolute delight um go check out the spotify playlist go check out denise's new music go remind yourself at the pop gems that five star through your way if you're gonna start start with can't wait another minute because it is such a fantastic pop record the production is ace the vocals are ace and uh yeah it's a lovely little nostalgia hit so go check that out um other than that, go explore the back catalogue of this podcast. 500 plus episodes, all available for free of all of your favourite actors, producers, 
DJs, pop stars, go get stuck in. I am back next time. In the meantime, be nice to each other. I love you lots. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.